the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Onward we roll in hour number two now at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks for being with us on a Friday. It's the 30th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Coming up at 1035, a special guest, the Sage of South Central, who may become the Sage of Sacramento. Larry Elder uh, has surged into the lead in polling among all of the challengers to Gavin Newsom in the gubernatorial recall election of California. So we will talk with Larry coming up at 1035. And uh, 1035 is normally um, Christina Hagen's time on AM 1420, The Answer on Fridays, and she was kind enough to bump up to join us now in this segment. So Christina Hagen, former Ohio State representative, political pundit and commentator, good to have you back. How are you this morning? Morning, Bob. I am great and happy to join you any time that you'll allow me to come on. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate what you bring to the table for all of these conversations. I want to start um, not with the CDC and the masks and the mandates. We will get there, though, but I've been talking about that almost incessantly for the last three or four days. I have not spoken of Nancy Pelosi's select committee. And by the way, when we call it Nancy Pelosi's select committee on uh, January 6th, and what happened at the Capitol building, the breach of the Capitol building, it's not just because she's the leader of this. It is literally her select committee. She selected not only the Democrats to serve on it, but the Republicans. She kicked two Republicans who were selected by Kevin McCarthy off and uh, then selected two Republicans who were enemies and haters of, of Donald Trump. Uh, speaking, of course, of Liz Cheney and, uh, and Adam Kinzinger. So this is in all ways Nancy Pelosi's select committee uh, that is, I think, attempting to, um, to do nothing more than injure the former president in the hopes of making sure he is not a threat to them in 2024. What have you seen? What have you watched? What is your read on this uh, ridiculous thing thus far? 
Well, I'll be frank. I've tried to not watch it for the simple fact that any reasonable American should be boycotting this political drama. Um, but I can't help but oversee headlines and just keep an eye on what's actually being said, the shenanigans that are being run. And, you know, just interesting theater with um, faux Republicans cheering up, crying um, and dismissing everything outside of it as rhetoric um, and saying that it's about finding truth and finding accountability, quoted by Kinzinger. And so I think about this. If it's about finding truth and finding accountability, there are a whole lot of us Americans who are waiting for a full launch, a full investigation of every single riot that was baited by and promoted by Democrats all year long through the duration of 2020, which was so obviously um, politically oriented to destroy the sitting president. Um, But these people are absolutely sick. Uh, Truth and accountability can only come when you bring all walks of life to the conversation, when you allow for free discussion and debate for answers to be made to questions that are asked and posed by those in which you may disagree. If you're willing to honestly debate, uh, which they're obviously not, uh, disallowing our leader from Ohio, Jim Jordan, to go and ask the real questions, um, present the real data, ask the real questions, they're not willing to have that. So. I continue to believe and see this as an unserious and partisan attack, again, on our country, on unifying our country. And it's not, I mean, there's nothing legitimate about it. We even saw uh, reporters, major news reporters, um, that are solidifying what we already know to be true, that this is actually about continuing an effort to marginalize Trump and each and every one of his supporters. Um, something that I saw was disturbing but never shocking uh, was, this reporter specifically, she said, as Americans, we believe that state power should not be used to work against a political figure or a political party. But then she continued, but she asked, what happens if a politician seems to threaten the state? If the politician continues to do so out of office and his entire party supports that threat? Um, and her original statement was a tweet that today's January 6th Select Committee underscores America's current essential national security dilemma, work to combat legitimate national security threats, now entails calling a po- politician supporters enemies of the state. So Katie Benner, who covers the Justice Department for the nation's most prestigious newspaper, uh, called us as Trump supporters enemy of the state. I mean, this is communist language for controlling people, for deciding and drawing a line in the sand, and then going after our own people. Uh, This was, again, a prominent reporter from the New York Times, and this is where we are in this country, allowing for this to be said about us. Give me one more thought on this, uh, Christina Hagan, just on the continued reference as casual as it is uh, to insurrection. I mean, they say it as if it's a proven point, as if it's already a fact introduced evidence this, that this was an attempted overthrow of the American government and not just a riot that got out of control. Because we have seen, as you pointed out, riots all last summer. Were they attempting to overthrow uh, that Louis Vuitton store or were they just smashing things because their riot got out of control? I'm not saying that there weren't crimes committed that day or there were. And I called for appropriate punishment for the crimes committed that day if anybody smashed anything. Nobody is suggesting that nobody should be punished here. But they're calling this an an attempted overthrow of the government, and they're talking about an insurrection as if it's already a fact. How do you respond to that? It's a joke. 
I mean, we're obviously there debating it today. So if it was an insurrection, it was an unsuccessful insurrection at large. I don't believe that that was the attempted effort here. Um, But they're going to continue to use this language intentionally to demonize anybody who's willing to continue having a voice supporting our previous president, standing with our previous president, and standing with all of the law-abiding citizens that were there patriotically that day in support of a president that they believed in. Um, This is who they are. It's who they'll always be. Their facts are always one-sided, and they're unwilling to ever compare and contrast realistic situations that should draw our concern and cause alarm, just like the riots that burnt cities to the ground. I mean, this is, I keep having flashbacks to conversations with my brother, being a medic, being a firefighter in the heart of Columbus, Ohio, where our capital was being breached and they were turning a blind eye. In fact, um, rhinos within our own party were saying, essentially, let them do as they please. They deserve a voice. <laughs> Yet, The same scenario here at a larger scale, except these people were not aiming to destroy the entire city or burn it to the ground. And it is the worst um, blotch on our history and in in all of their memory. And this is what everyone must turn their focus to. And this is all about control and manipulation of the thoughts of Americans and a continual assault on the president. Yeah, there's no question about all of that. That's exactly what this is. This is politicking at its worst. Okay, uh, let's go to the CDC, because I know you have as many thoughts as I, as I and so many others have about the CDC's new guidance. Remember, Joe Biden said back in May, If you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat, if you are fully vaccinated... You no longer need to wear a mask. But now the new CDC guidance being pushed by Joe Biden is, hey, even if you are vaccinated, you must wear a mask. Everybody must wear a mask uh, if you are in any of the orange or red zones, if you will, which is around two-thirds of the country if you look at the CDC map. So they're mandating vaccines at the federal level. They're talking about federal employees. They're mandating masks virtually everywhere. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever seen this sort of a government overreach before. How about you? I know that I haven't. And, you know, my short life here of 32 years, I can tell you that I've never seen anything as egregious, anything as factless, as unevidenced. Um, I've never seen this type of induced government chaos. It's such an orchestrated scale across agencies, across departments, across government entities at all levels. And I think, you know, the fear mongering is unparalleled. I mean, this is obviously there's an intentional effort to do something. You know, we don't know their grand scale plans. Uh, what I can tell you is the divisiveness that I see it creating in our local communities and our local churches and our local schools and our local world is unnecessary uh, because we know that this is a relatively at large harmless in comparison to the flu um, type of virus. Yet they're trying to motivate us to believe otherwise. Um, using unfounded data that's fully unevidenced. And they are referencing reports in India that have been detracted that were related to vaccines that weren't even the vaccines that have been approved or used in the United States. So it's just completely ludicrous. The party that says they're about science is actually about fear-mongering and scaring people into submission. If I have to hear one more time from Biden about a dark winter, um, a dark winter that he created and will continue to create so long as it's politically advantageous um just their general tone is offensive 
But more importantly, the way that they talk to Americans is that we're stupid and we're going to be unwilling to press for facts and figures that solidify why they want us to do these crazy things they're suggesting they do. All I have to say is if something is so good and it's such a great solution, you do not have to have million-dollar lotteries. You don't have to pay somebody $100, give them a donut, or bribe them or coerce them into doing it. All you have to do is have testimony of people that have done it and data that backs up its success, but they have none of these things. Um, and, in fact, the good data that they have, uh, they're talking out of both sides of their mouths on. So they're saying vaccines work, but then they're saying people that have had vaccines need to wear double, triple masks. And if they're with their children in a park, they need to wear a mask if their children aren't vaccinated. All they're doing is trying to control the population, and there is no data that backs up any of this. Um, Christina, I may have to caution you here to watch how you speak of our president, because um, how dare you question how dare you question his honesty and his effectiveness, and con- especially considering what a great job he's doing for America. Now, just yesterday, Joe Biden tweeted and Facebook posted, "quote Our economy grew at the fastest rate in nearly forty years during the first half of the year. Consumer confidence is up, jobs are up, personal income is up." Unemployment is down. We're getting America back on track. Now, with Joe Biden accomplishing all of that in the first six months, how dare you denigrate him in such a way? Yeah, you know, he he's really good. No, he he's not really good. So the, it's he amazing. did say all those things, by the way. I want people to know. Oh, he literally did. Crazy. That's why I saved it. I could not believe the the chutzpah of him to to make these claims, to, to, to claim uh, unemployment is down because last year we lost millions of jobs and people are coming back to work as places reopen, and they're calling that job creation. Are you kidding me? That jobs are up. That, uh, 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 you know, the, un- the employment grew again at the fastest rate in nearly 40 years. The economy grew at the fastest rate in 40 years because the economy had an unprecedented slam run and dictated by mostly democrat leaders in democrat states all across this country in response to the pandemic shutting their economies down and now that they've opened it up again he's calling it economic growth because of his policies and platforms my gosh uh christine yeah there's never anything true that comes out of their mouth. And in fact, they, you know, Biden and Fauci and all of these supreme elite leaders that we're supposed to just bow down to like the media does and feed them cake questions and softball uh, style questions for softball style responses. They, they don't even have to agree with themselves. That's how crazy they are. I mean, the things that they said about Trump's economy and then to claim that this is some type of champion economy is disturbing. And I just think about all of the inflation that we're seeing, the inflated prices that we're seeing across all groceries, beef, eggs, milk, um, home prices up dramatically, and inflation is going to continue to spin out of control. And then they're spending trillions on their extreme agenda in the infrastructure budget as if they, they could hide it. And I think about our national debt, $29 trillion in debt. We're just short of $29 trillion in debt. And we're watching, I think, what is going to be a serious bubble. I We're going to see a surge of inflation worse than we've ever seen. And then we're really actually going to know what Biden's dark winter looks like. Um, but I think about him and what economists say. You know, missed by 25%, 6.5% growth versus 8.5% growth. Um, and the fact that more Americans ended the pandemic with savings than they 
started it with tells me that people are not operating the way they want them to be operating. And they're handing out government stipends, which are a band-aid over the real issue. And we're going right. to see serious ramifications for all of their poor policy actions. Christina Hagen, doesn't matter what time of day she comes on, she always brings the facts with her. Christina, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. God bless you guys. All right. God bless you too. 1024. We'll be right back. Okay, 1028. Short segment here after a nice conversation with uh, Christina Hagen. And uh, uh, her, her, her points, particularly about, you know, freedoms are, are spot on. And I, I, I can't bring enough people on the air to talk about this. That if you really think that anything that the CDC is proposing right now is health-based, if you think anything that the CDC is recommending right now is is anything other 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 than political, then I just question your either your integrity or your intelligence. There is nothing medical or science based about issuing these new mandates or guidances for mandates, considering the fact that. They have repeatedly been debunked, the idea that these masks, in particular cloth masks, stop any any of the viral load whatsoever that might be in the air from being ingested by the wearer. Um, all of that has been debunked. The vaccine, which we have been told is the panacea, the vaccine will stop you from getting COVID. And don't forget, by the way, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Could you say that again, sir? If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. They have changed their guidance and changed their mind on the effectiveness or the efficacy of both the vaccine and the mask. And yet we continue to listen to the CDC. Do you honestly think the CDC isn't taking their marching orders from Joe Biden? Let me ask you something. Is the director of the Centers for Disease Control... Uh, Center for Disease Control is uh, is the director position an elected position? No. Is the director of the CDC even a position where the president can appoint and have to get Senate confirmation? No. The director of the CDC is a personal hand-picked puppet of the person in charge, and in this case, Joe Biden. And if you don't think that that director is going to say whatever the person who hired him or her to do, then you are just simply not paying attention. This is politics, pure and simple. It's not about health. It's not about pandemics. It's not about deaths. It is about politics. Speaking of politics, Larry Elder wants to be the next governor of California. He'll join us next on AM 1420, The Answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1036 and we continue on this free-for-all Friday on AM 1420. The answer. 
Without further ado, it's been a while since I've talked to the Salem Media nationally syndicated radio host because, well, at least for the last few weeks, he has ceased being the, the uh, Salem uh, nationally syndicated radio host. He is full-time candidate Lawrence Allen Elder, the sage of South Central, maybe soon to be the sage of Sacramento, Larry Elder. Good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Bob, thank you so much for having me. Not too shabby for being a politician for just a couple of weeks. I'm leading the pack of, of Republicans. And I don't know if you know about this. Uh, Elizabeth Warren just put out an anti-recall ad, uh, and uh, she uh, said that this was a, a takeover of Trump Republicans. You know, I've, I've been a, uh, a Mitt Romney Republican, a John McCain Republican, a George W. Bush Republican, a George Herbert Walker Bush Republican. You know, I'm a Republican. I kind of vote for the standard bearer of my party, and I'll vote for whoever the standard bearer is in 2024. It shows you how desperate, but at least at least she did not, Bob, call me a white supremacist, which is what the, the, uh, the uh, Newsom camp uh, said this effort was led by until I got into it. It's kind of hard to call me a white supremacist. I may be a lot of things, but white supremacist, that's not one of them. Well, that's that's pretty common, actually. They do the same thing to uh, to Candace Owens. They do the same thing to Peter Kirsten. Now they do the same thing right. to a lot of African Americans who actually are free thinkers who think for themselves. Larry, tell me what your thinking was. Tell me your thought process. Why did you decide to get into this recall race? Well, I was approached by a, a number of people, and my attitude was no, uh, because the legislature in California, we have two chambers. We have the Senate and the Assembly, and both of them, them have two-thirds majority of Democrats. And I just assumed when I got in, if I were lucky enough to get in and I vetoed something, it would be overridden. But I found out, surprise, surprise, a veto has not been overridden in this uh, state since the early 70s. Even when Arnold Schwarzenegger was a, a semi-Republican, he vetoed a couple hundred bills. Not a single one was overridden. So it turns out when you veto something stupid, you go to the public and say why you vetoed it. All of a sudden, the phone rings of the state senators and the state assembly people and the constituents are saying what were you guys smoking uh and it goes away so uh, i have a lot more power than i thought it's also the power to declare a public emergency which i'm going to do regarding crime regarding homelessness regarding the outrageous cost of living uh, and i'm going to repeal any mandates that remain if i'm lucky enough to become governor come september 14 so i have a lot more power than i thought also there's a line item veto you have the bully pulpit and in california there's a bunch of commissions that impose all sorts of rules and regulations and days and you put people in that, that believe even a light touch on regulation, and lo and behold, you can reverse some things. So I had a lot more power than I thought. And then again, I just began to feel, Bob, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but so many people I respect began approaching me, and normal people, like my barber who's been cutting my hair for 25 years, like the guy who does my laundry. When I asked people, what do you think? I thought somebody was going to say, are you kidding? You have a great life. Uh, you're making a, some decent living. You have a, a 300 market radio show. Why would you want to give that up? Nobody said that. They said, please do it. One person even said, Larry, save us. And this state is being run to the ground. And forget about Elder. There's a left-wing magazine called The Atlantic. It's very respected. And recently they have a, they had an article called The California Dream is Dying about the environmental extremists that essentially stop anything and about the power of the public sector unions uh, that jack up the price of almost everything because of unfunded mandates, why the taxes are so high. And for the first time in the state's history, people are leaving. And it ain't the millionaires and billionaires that Bernie Sanders talks about, Bob. It's people making between 50 and 100K who can't get that first house. And that's what's going on in this state, and I think I can do something about it. I'm a native Californian. My dad came here in 1945, and on working two full 
jobs as a janitor. This eighth grade dropout was able to save enough money to buy a house, which is still in the family, now worth $600,000. The average price of a home in California costs 150% more than the average price of a home in America. Somebody with an eighth grade dropout education like my dad could not duplicate his route from poverty to the middle class if he worked three jobs. That's what I'm going to try to reverse, and that's what I, I, I think I can do, and I feel I almost have a moral, spiritual, and even patriotic obligation to set aside uh, you know, my selfishness and, and do something about this. I'm not doing it for fame. I'm not doing it for money. I'm not doing it to make friends. I'm not doing it to be, to, to be admired. One of the reasons that people tell me, Bob, that, that Schwarzenegger failed is he came out of Hollywood. He was used to having his butt kissed. He was used to people thinking of him as a Terminator. And when he began making some comments about the teachers' union and the nurses' union, and he began to be criticized. He couldn't handle it. He wasn't used to it. I'm used to be called Uncle Tom in the cell. You just rattle off some of the things that some of the black conservatives have been called. I'm used to that. I wouldn't be used. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to deal with people who admired me like that. I'm going to go there to make the make the right enemies. I'm going to go there to turn things around. Larry Elder is our guest. Larry, of course, is a declared candidate for the California gubernatorial recall election. Uh, and Larry, you said at the very top, I mean, you're killing it right now. You, you know, I've got headlines in front of you. Larry Elder leads in crowded California governor recall race. Could conservative radio host Larry Elder actually be the next governor of, governor of California? You know, it's one thing to be a Republican in California and try to win. It's another thing to be a true conservative. You mentioned uh, Arnold, who was more of just kind of a semi-Republican. Um, right. you're true, you're true red. You're dyed in the wool red conservative. Absolutely. You are not in the Absolutely. middle on this. So how do you explain your, your meteoric rise here in just a few weeks of being a candidate to being the head of at the head of this pack because i've been talking to people up and down the state especially uh the the black and brown media and i've talked to this this uh, black reporter and i come in there bob and you know i can tell by his body language you, you're not lowering light footing it are you you're not only talking <laughs> to black reporters are you? <laughs> he's an uncle tom he's a sellout and i said aren't you tired he said, what do you mean? I said, aren't you tired of the fact that 75% of black boys in California cannot read at state levels of proficiency? Aren't you tired that 50% of third graders cannot read at state levels of proficiency? Aren't you tired about the fact that my high school, Crenshaw High School, the one that was featured in the movie Boys in the Hood, only 2% of kids can do math at state levels of proficiency? Meanwhile, black and brown parents, according to the polls, want choice in school, and the very people that you pull the lever for, Democrats, are adamantly opposed to choice because they get most of their money, the number one fund of Gavin Newsom is a teacher's union, and they hate, hate, hate choice because it means teachers are not automatic uh, uh, union members, and they don't get their automatic dues. Aren't you tired of being betrayed by the very people that you march in there like lemmings and, and pull the lever for? And I'm not saying after I got done with that, with that diatribe with this guy that he suddenly he became a, a Ronald Reagan Republican, but I could tell he, he was thinking about stuff he had never heard before. I said, why do you suppose the cost of housing is so high? All these rich, elite, white people who belong to the Sierra Club uh, and to these environmental groups, uh, they can stop almost any construction for any reason, uh, and that's why we have a small supply of homes. It's, it's, it's Economics 101, a, a small supply, high demand. Uh, and, and aren't you sick of people like Rob Reiner, who years ago, Bob, <clears throat> stopped a construction project called Amundsen Ranch? in an area of California in Ventura County. And I'll give you, it was beautiful, pristine land, <clears throat> but unless Rob Reiner lives on a houseboat, wherever he lives, at one time was pristine as well. 9,000 housing units were, were stopped. 
on the 10-year anniversary of this stoppage, they held a big party, high-fived, and the article said nothing whatsoever about the fact that 9,000 units were kept off the market. How many developers said to themselves, to hell with it, I'm not going to build anything, this is going to happen to me. And this is why the price of housing is 150% more than it is for the average home in, uh, in, uh, in America. And for the first time, I could tell this black reporter was thinking. And for the next two months, people are going to hear stuff they've never heard before. I'm from the hood. I'm from the public education. I'm not afraid to go into the barrios. I'm not afraid to go into the ghettos and talk to people straight up. And that's what they're afraid of. I'm not your traditional Republican. I don't even believe I'm going to get the support from the Republican Party in California because these guys, they've lost, they've lost, they've lost. There isn't a single Republican elected statewide in California. Not the governor, not lieutenant governor, not secretary of state, not AG, not controller, nothing because these guys keep nominating the same old Republicans that are afraid to talk to people in a commonsensical way. I've been on radio 27 years, Bob. I'm a syndicated columnist. I've been writing a column since April 1998. It's carried in the uh, L.A. Daily News, the largest Valley newspaper. It's carried in the Orange County Register. And people know what I stand for, and they know that I can explain things so that Joe and Joan six-pack can connect the dots, and that's what they're afraid of. I can appeal to independents and sane Democrats, and believe me, there are some in California. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the that's news to me, uh, but I'll take yeah. your word for it because you're there, Larry. Larry um, you have talked about race and made race a center point or a focal point of your your program uh, and of of your commentary. Of course, you made the movie uh, Uncle Tom uh, for a long time, and you talk about the problems that plague the black community. And you are always the first and foremost expert on the issue of black fatherhood being the biggest problem in the black community. Right. As a talk show host, you can talk about it. How, as a, an elected official, as the top elected official in the state of California, can you do anything about uh, black fatherhood? Well, what I, what I can do is talk about why we have the problem. And that's why I'm asking people to go to electelder.com and throw something in the tip jar. Because this man can raise and spend an unlimited amount of money. I cannot. Uh, here's the dot. The nouveau liberal named Lyndon Johnson launched a so-called war on poverty in 1965. At the time, 25% of black kids entered the world with a father married to the mother. Fast forward, 70% of black kids now enter the world without a father married to the mother. 25% of white kids do. Nearly 50% of Hispanic kids do. Nearly 40% of all kids are. And I'm just making the case, when you drop this systemic racism, critical race theory, uh, reparations nonsense, the number one problem facing America is a growing number of kids who enter the world without a father married to the mother, a particularly acute problem in the black community. So let's knock off the nonsense and let's focus on what's really important. That's one of the things I can do with my bully pulpit as a governor, and not just here in, in California, across America, because if you're the governor of California, you're a pretty important person and people listen to things you have to say. I'm going to make things better. Rhetorically, and I'm going to make things better in terms of policy. Well, Larry, I, I got to tell you, I, I love that you are stepping up. There are a lot of people who, you know, criticize guys like me, guys like you. Uh, you're on a larger scale, obviously, but say, you know, you've got all the answers. You sit there behind the microphone. Why don't you do something about it? It takes guts. It takes courage. It takes a lot of things to actually step up and run. And you have answered that call. And I don't know if you're going to win or not. I hope for the sake of California and for the bigger picture state of the United States that you do win. But whether you do or not, this is just an extraordinarily important thing that, uh, I, I think you've uh, I think you've uh, earned the respect of everybody for stepping up and actually trying to do something here. 
Well, Bob, I appreciate that. But I ain't storming the beaches at Normandy. My father was Marine. I have two brothers, both of whom served, one in the Navy, one in the Army. And I have not done anything like that. So if this is a small kind of give back for a country I love so much, so be it. But I really do appreciate the things that you said, and people have told me that. Uh, look, all I am is exposing my private life to whatever. And I'm taking a, a bit of a financial hit. But other people have sacrificed far, far, far more for this country. And if I can give back just a little bit, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm asking people to go to electelder.com and throw a little something in the tip jar and help That's me defeat right. this man. We can't vote for you from, from Ohio, but we can certainly help fund uh, this effort to uh, stop Gavin Newsom and stop the destruction of the largest state in the country, for crying out loud. So we, we will certainly do that. Uh, again, is it Elder 4? Uh, electelder.com. 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 Larry Elder, thank you, my friend. Thanks for coming on here. Your, your fans in Ohio miss you on the air, but we are certainly wishing you the very best in this race. Did you guys really change your name from the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland, what, what is it? Majestics? <laughs> don't say we. No, it's the Guardians, and don't say we. Guardians, we are you it. kidding me? It is, the woke, kidding me? it is the woke ownership of the Cleveland uh, Indians that came. Uh, Larry, Larry Elder, you know uh, this as well as anybody else does. George Floyd died, so the Cleveland Indians had to be canceled. That's literally, it happened days after. It happened Guardians? days after George Floyd's video was released. That, uh, uh, that they made, at the same time the Washington Redskins made their announcement, the Cleveland Indians said, okay, I'm we're in pain. I'm, I'm in pain, Bob. I'm in pain. I know can, can I do something I about that? Pl- when I, if I become governor, can I do something about that? I wish you could. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, hey, you goodness. know what? You're going to be term limited if you become governor in California, but I don't know that there's anything against you coming back to your Cleveland roots, and you do have Cleveland roots, and become governor of Ohio after that. What do you think? Cleveland Guardians? Bob, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think I can function the rest of the day. <laughs> Larry, Elder, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Bob. God bless. God bless you, too. Uh, I love that guy. I love filling in for his show, uh, and I'm going to miss listening to him, uh, which I already am. But uh, but I hope uh, I hope we never hear him again, or at least for the uh, for the period of two terms of governor as of the state of California. I hope we never hear his show again, at least until he's done serving the people of California, and by extension, serving the people of this country. Ten forty nine. Final timeout. I got time for free for all phone calls coming up in the last segment. Dial now, 216 Any issue, any topic, any question, bring it on AM 1420 The Answer. Ten fifty-two, and our final segment of the day and of the week uh, is upon us. Appreciate you being here. By the way, a little program note: on Monday, uh, my good friend Khalid Namar will be in for us as uh, I make the dreaded drive to Muncie for the first time, or actually for the uh, to. How am I trying to say this? Because I'm going to be going back there to watch football games plenty of times. So I can't say it's for the last, but it's for the longest time. I, uh, I've got to take my son to uh, Ball State University. Football camp starts officially on Tuesday. We drive him there on Monday. Then we won't see him again. Parents of college kids know this. Until after Thanksgiving, and if they make it to a bowl game, perhaps not until after Christmas will he be home again. So uh, it'll be a tough day for, uh, for mom and me, uh, his mom and me. Uh, taking uh, our son to a uh, college, but uh, you're going to be in the capable hands of Khalid tomorrow. He will be with us, or with you rather, on Monday for the program. So make sure you tune in for Khalid and uh, give him your attention. He is a terrific, terrific host and a very, very brilliant guy who's got uh, some great things to share with you. Donnie, in Euclid, you're on AM 1420 The Answer. Hey, Donnie, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, it's been a long time. 
How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, it is. You okay? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, I've been going through a lot of uh, physical issues, but um, hoping that uh, hoping that the light at the end of the tunnel won't be the 229 train. No, I don't think but, that um, way, my friend. No, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. There's you got to have faith. Yeah, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm here, and uh, unfortunately, um, I, I I lost a lot of your phone numbers when I uh, when I got my new phone, but I was able to uh luck into uh the uh phone number to the program so i'll be listening and calling in uh, uh when i can i try to give that number as often as i can my friend so if you ever lose it just keep on listening i'm probably going to give it sooner or later but uh but it's always good to hear from you my friend thanks a lot bob and i'll be talking to you soon is that all you just wanted to say hi did you have a thought on masks or something i thought my call screen said you had well, a thought on I the just, mask issue well I have a I, I have a very militant attitude toward that. I'm I'm sorry, but I I don't you know I I don't like the I don't like this mandatory stuff. The last time I looked, this was known as the United States of America, and it's run by something known as a constitution. Well, you realize that. I realize that. Plenty of people in Washington, D.C. realize that. But sadly, one of them is not the President of the United States, nor his hand-picked political puppet CDC director. They apparently don't realize that, and they think that mandating what American uh, citizens should do as it pertains to their health, their medication, and so forth, should be up to them and not you. And I'm afraid of what this is going to wind up leading to if these people keep trying to lay these uh, these these dictatorial mandates on us. Yeah. Well, you know what they're building. They're building a house here. They're building a house of Marxism, and right now they're laying the foundation. This is what it is. If we can convince these people that we know better than they do how to take care of their health, if we can convince these people that it's patriotic to take this untested poison or potential poison, I won't call it that, but to take this potentially dangerous drug for them, if we can convince them to do it in the name of patriotism, in the name of health of your neighbors and your family and your grandma, your grandpa, and they buy it and swallow it, hook, line, and sinker, then we have the foundation laid. Now we can start working on the framing of this house of communism or Marxism uh, by telling them the next thing that they must do because we know better than them. That's what this is. Make no mistake about it. This is just the foundation that's being laid. And the saddest part about it is there are so many people that are really buying into that stuff. And I, 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 I just... Uh, like I said, I'm getting too old. I'm getting too old to be nice about these kind of things. Fear, fear, my friend Donnie is is a powerful, powerful thing, and that's what they're capitalizing on. And I thank you for the call, and I wish you the very best with your health conditions and concerns, my friend. But fear, when you say people are buying into this, it's it's hard not to when you are afraid enough. If you make people afraid enough, they will buy into anything. And there is a full-on fear propaganda campaign that's been underway. And if you try to push back against that fear with facts, if you try to push back against propaganda with science, they shut you down. They cancel your account. They censor you. They block you. And you can't return to the pages anymore. And, of course, I speak of social media. Doris is in uh, Fairview Park. Hi, Doris. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, my name is Doris Peters, and I'm the president of Suburban West Right to Life. 
And just want to let you know that we have been denied again for participating in the Fairview Park Summerfest. We were in this um, festival 20 years. And somehow the organization that puts this on, it's a private organization in Fairview Park, uh-huh. they've denied us again to participate. And, I mean, we just want to be in their parade, and there's nothing offensive about our banner, which just states our names, the Bourbon West Right to Life. Well, and, to them, to we them, have, that is offensive, Doris, as you know. To 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 the 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 party of, and I apologize for just calling it the way it is, but it's sometimes you have to do that. The party of baby killers sees the words "right to life" as offensive and as intimidating to people who want to go and be able to have uh, their their pregnancies terminated on a whim. Uh, it is offensive to them. And what makes me most upset is you can say it's a private organization that hosts the summer days, and I know that it is, but they're using the public streets. And that means the the uh, elected officials at Fairview Park are greenlighting their parade and their event and their decision, and they should not be allowed to discriminate against you using their public streets as well. Doris, that's all I can say right now because I'm out of time. I appreciate your call. I wish you the very best. God bless. Keep me posted Enjoy on that. We'll talk to everybody live on Tuesday. Khalid Namar, inform me on Monday. Bye-bye.